I'm Dr. Jill Weiner. I'm a white woman, a doctor, a meditation teacher, a tapping practitioner, a writer, and I'm an aspiring anti-racist, an identity which I must constantly strive towards, work on, and reevaluate. This podcast amplifies the powerful voices of women and men in all aspects of the anti-racist space, along with some of my own insights and explorations on topic ranging from healthcare to spirituality to criminal justice and beyond in order to provide a nuanced, educational, and honest examination of systemic racism and dominant culture. Before I start, I would like to do a land acknowledgement that this podcast episode is being recorded on the stolen Creek and Muscogee lands. Welcome back. I am so excited to have Modelo Brown on the uh, podcast today. Modelo Brown is an author, artist, successful hip -hop, underground hip-hop artist, and self-proclaimed hood motivational speaker, using his difficult upbringing to inspire other inner-city kids looking to carve their own path. Having always been interested in different forms of art, including music, animation, drawing, and painting, Modelo took his passion and used it to create a better future for himself after growing up in one of the most dangerous parts of Chicago, Illinois. In 2016, he became successful as an underground hip hop and R&B artist. And it was then that he got the idea of bringing different types of people together through art and music. He went on to form the company Hip Hop Littles. Through books, animation, clothing, and music, Hip Hop Littles' mission is to bring different cultures together while teaching children that support, positivity, and love can bring them tremendous value and success in life. The Hip Hop Littles children's book series is all about introducing kids to various facts of life, difficult facts of life, and how to begin to deal with those uncomfortable situations. Modelo, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm ecstatic. Honestly, I've been waiting for this for about two weeks. All right. All right. <laughs> I was lucky enough to um, receive some copies, uh, a copy of, of each of your books, uh, Mona's Nerves and Jordan's First Day. And I'm just so blown away at the, the graphics and um, the storyline and just the the lyrics. I mean, they're, you know, you normally read books, but these are lyrics. So can you tell me a little bit more about um, like what brought you to this point where you created Hip Hop Littles? Yeah, for sure. Um, wow. So I can give you a story for years, but <laughs> just to, just to kind of uh, deviate away from the long conversation and break it down for you. Um, what really kind of brought me to creating Hip Hop Littles was um, everything that I've witnessed growing up in life and just seeing how difficult it can be with um, the stigma of growing up in those poverty areas where it says, if you want to make it out, you either got to rap or play basketball. Mm. And, um, you know, there's so much talent within um, our environment and our society in those areas. And I wanted people to be able to have that, that visual, even from a distance, to be able to see like what it's like and what the talent is and, you know, what our passions are. And, and it's not all just violence because that's kind of like what the media, you know, portrays is that this is just violence in our areas. So I wanted to kind of, you know, give a different reach and give a different outlook of things from that perspective. So um, as I was writing music, my music wasn't primarily about um, like, you know, the it was all about love for sure, but it was more like based, like relationship based. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but actually the first character of Hip Hop Littles was um, for a cover art. So I took that and I was really just thinking about like, you know, how could I reach a different audience? How, you know, could I bring this to be something that would be a little bit more um, exaggerated, you know, to the community and to the culture? So everyone was doing the same thing. So I just wanted to be a trendsetter for the most part. And um, I'm big on as far as, you know, creating relationships and communicating with different people because where I grew up, there was, you know, different people who were mistreated because of their complexion, because of their ethnicity. And I, you know, I never agreed with the way that, you know, the cultural um, abundance were, was like, it was, it was more of like, everybody was segregated, you know, when I was growing up. So I was like, you know what, I want to do something completely different. So as I created Hip Hop Littles, it was, ever since I started, it's just been, you know, phenomenal. People, you know, they just, they compliment me. It's like, how did you come up with this? Like, this is, you know, everything that, you know, we need right now today, especially with everything that's going on. Um, so at first I thought, it, I just thought it was like clothing. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, if, you know, if I want kids to really enjoy this, what, what what's going to make them want it? What's going to make them, you know, relate to these characters that I'm presenting to them? Mm-hmm. And once I came up with that, it was just like, I was like, oh, let's, I'm going to do animation. So it was like 2D animation. It was like, oh my God, there's so much art. Like, it's just drawing days and days and days. Yeah. So I'm like, no, I don't want to do that per se. So um, I got into the 3D animation aspect of it and that was more of my angle because I love Disney movies. Um, so, you know, that helped me, you know, transcend and, 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 and um, readjust things, kind of move over to doing books because now it's like, I want to reach a younger audience. I want to incorporate hip hop as well. And everything, I want everything to have meaning. So I've been kind of working on this since maybe like 2017. That's a long time. Yeah. That's yeah. It's I love it. It's so great. So it's it's it sounds like it's been this really organic progression, um, following your passions and what you love to do, and then kind of developing from there. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's something. It's it's just me. Like I'm really good with people. Like I love um, connecting with different people and just learning about their different cultures and their understanding of life. And that's just kind of like what I do. Like I take things that people tell me. And I implement them into my own life. And, you know, you'll be surprised at how relatable you can be to different people. You know, it's just, it's surprising to me. So that's what I love to do most. Um, I I love it. You know, there's a quote in in some of the um, information that that I'm uh, reading about you. Uh, Our differences make us special, but our values, positivity, love, inclusivity, these are what bring us together. And I just, I love that so much because I feel like there's always this, like, I think it just says so well, the ways that we're similar and the ways that we're different and how to embrace and enjoy the ways that we're different rather than like, you know, we're all one, we're all one thing kind of, I don't see color kind of colorblindness. I think your, your quote really 
gives space to what makes us unique and also what brings us together in a way that celebrates. Yeah, for sure. That was that was one of the reasons why I had that quote in um, Jordan's first day where it says, we're all different, but that makes us all the same. Um, I love that. Yeah, I remember that part in there too. Yeah, I, that was... <laughs> um, and that, that, I mean, that too, I think is really interesting to think about, uh, you know, and, and, and not something that, uh, I don't know, that people of all identities may, uh, people in dominant identity may not like recognize or connect with that, that they are also different. Um, but, but I think this book really helps to show that commonality for everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's generally like one of the heaviest, you know, pushes of, of my work is just me trying to um, bridge the gap and um, just uplift individuals of all ages, you know, to be, just be captivating and everything in that sense, especially with the characters and um, the narratives. How did you, did you have, um, you're, you're creating a space where you can be a role model for so many different people and so many different children uh, and your work can be something for people to aspire to. Who, who were your role models? Cool. My role models. Oh, wow. Um, um, one of my role models I would say would be in, and, and a lot of people may, you know, disagree with this for sure, but not him being my role model is not for the negatives. That's, that's been, um, projected to the media throughout the media, but I would say Bill Cosby. Mm. Um, the reason I'll say that is because from from where I grew up and, and being in those areas, Bill Cosby was like a father to us. Mm. You know, watching the Cosby show was very impactful for our, car, our, our culture, I'm sorry. And especially for a lot of kids uh, around my age who grew up without their father. So you know, we, we watch, you know, TV shows like that, that, that projects, um, a father figure and we, you know, we, 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 we're, we're drawn to it because we're trying to understand like, what is it like to have someone actually direct you in life and mm -hmm. show you, you know, good from bad and how to maneuver and you should go to college or you shouldn't go to college because, you know, a lot of us can't afford to. So, we put ourselves in, in, in that realm where it's like, you know, he kind of showed us a lot of things and like, we, we wake up, you know, in the morning, we watching TGIF Friday and we got, you know, Carl Winslow, we got, you know, Bill Cosby, we have, you know, all of the, um, the fathers, you know, Phil, um, Philip Banks from the Fresh Prince. We have these role models and we kind of just, you know, dive into them. So Bill Cosby kind of taught me a lot just with, um, just for trying to grow up and understand what it's like to have someone that's that's compassionate, that's hardworking, that's you know that has a career, and just the family lifestyle. I love that. I I because I, I mean I I feel like he was so much for so many people, and then of course the the things that have come out recently are are you know upsetting, and and I think there's maybe a tendency to kind of disregard the positive impact he did have. And so I, I think that's, I think that's beautiful to hear his impact on you. Um, 
did did you have mentors as well like people that you were able to connect with directly um yeah so I have one mentor um that I've that I've you know had since I was about 15 years old um his name is Maurice Holmes and um he's been like a very 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 positive um, role model in my life he's the only guy that I know that's been married to the same person forever right? you know so um since I, since and before i was that age so he's more so a mentor to me because there was a point where and this is just me giving you realistic value of you know me off podcast me off camera so more of a personal aspect mm-hmm. um I, I went through a, a segment in my life where as as I progressed in my company, as I progressed in business, all of the friends that I had, I literally lost. And I lost them over things that would have never been a problem maybe a year ago. Mm. So when that when when everything happened, I kind of, you know, I reached out to them and I'm just like, I'm really just confused. I I don't understand why the dynamic of me and these long-term relationships that I've had with friends of seven, eight years is just crumbling, you know, within days. And it's it's small disagreements that's kind of taken us to a whole nother spectrum. And we're not, you know, in the physical aspect of disagreement, but we're more just like, unable to communicate the way we would have, you know, you know, prior. So he, um, you know, we sat down and we talked and he basically was just kind of giving me the whole, um, the rocket ship, um, analogy where it's like, you know, ship on the ship goes so far and it loses the boosters, right? The further you go up, they just drop off. The boosters fall off. So you just have to understand that everybody can't go with you. And as hard as that is to take in, it's so true. But yeah, that, <laughs> that's kind of like <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> I'm just kind of like I, I've I haven't heard that analogy before, but it makes a lot of sense. And I think even you know a, whatever kind of success it is, it could be emotional growth, it could be spiritual bro- growth, it could be financial growth. Um, <laughs> you can't bring everyone with you. Yeah, for sure. And I just don't understand. Like, for some reason, they treated me like a millionaire. <laughs> like, like, they just, I'm like, I'm okay. I didn't understand, but it just, it just transitioned that way. It's like when you grow, like, you don't, it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily changing. It's just the people that surround me change. They, yeah. you know, if they look at me differently, they'll never be able to accept me for who I, the new me, you know, the new who I am. Like, why would you want to see me progress? Why wouldn't you want to see me? do better and grow so yeah it's hard going going through that even if even if it makes sense it's still hard yeah I mean I still you know I definitely still think about it even when I you know when I'm in my writing uh I think about it and I kind of um I kind of recollect in my uh some of those things when I'm writing because I love for I love the people who read my books to understand that my books are really my personal life. There are things that that my books 
capture that I've went through personally. So I don't write books just to, you know, just for imagination, you know, to me, that's what Disney's for, right? Disney's for selling imagination. Me personally, I want people to, to buy into things that we couldn't even imagine. So. Um, I love that. So are you, is, are you Jordan? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> um, so, so I'm, I have the, just for people listening, uh, as I mentioned, his, his book, uh, his first book is called Jordan's first day. Uh, and it's all about, maybe you can, we'll take a moment. You can tell about the story, but, uh, this is, this is the book that I have been lucky enough to, to get to read, um, and, and kind of absorb the whole, the whole, uh, energy of it. So will you tell us about the, the, the different books that you wrote? Yes. Uh, so Jordan's first day, um, it's Jordan's first day came from, um, a very, a very traumatic situation that I dealt with growing up in the grocery store with my mom. And I didn't really understand it because I was so young. And this is kind of like the first time I'm even telling this story. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, Thank so, you in advance for sharing it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so I was in the grocery store with my mom and, you know, I don't know if you're aware, but you know, back in the day, they may still have them. I'm not sure, but where they had like the the machines that you put the cord in and you turn the thing, and then oh, you like, get like, yeah, like a brain store. Yeah, yeah. So, I was in the grocery store one time, and I had got some change from my mom. So, I was at the machine, and as I'm like, you know, putting my cord in, I had this you know Caucasian kid come over. And he was putting his quarter into the machine that was like to the right of me. So as I'm, you know, I'm putting, trying to put my quarter in and some of them, some of the machines you had to have the, the head facing you. You couldn't turn it around. You couldn't have like tails facing you. Oh, okay. So as I'm like, you know, putting the quarter in or whatever. So I'm, I'm at the point where I'm about to literally like turn it and this kid yells and he just starts crying. And of course that startles me. So I'm just kind of like, I stop in motion of what I got going on. And his parents come over, his dad comes over and his dad's like, Hey, what's going on? You know, what's the problem? What's the matter? You know, this kid bothering you. And I, and I'm instantly, I'm just standing there and I'm completely confused. And he's like, he's like, yeah, he took my quarter. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, Huh? Like I'm standing there and I'm standing there with the change in my hand. My mom doesn't even know the story. So I'm I'm standing there with the change in my hand and I'm just standing and I'm, I'm looking. I'm like, and he's like, yeah, he took my quarter. So the parent was like, he was like, he took your quarter. He's like, wow, what did he do with it? He was like, he put it in a machine. So the parent comes, turns both machines at the same time. Both prizes come out. I'm steady standing there. And they take both both prizes. Like he took both prizes, didn't say anything, didn't ask me anything. And the boy yells, he's like, it's cause he was like, I'm better than him, ain't I? And he's like, he's like, Of course you are, son. And then they walk off. Oh gosh. So Jordan's first day kind of ref you know, 
brings out that story, but just in a different setting. And um, I, I thought the schools, I used the school setting because I feel like more children will be, be able to relate to that because, you know, that's a, that's a, that's what we have to do on the contrary is go to school and that's where we're learning and we're, we're being educated. So I wanted, you know, kids to be able to get that understanding and grab that perspective while they're in their um, institution. Because me me having the setting be in the grocery store is not, it's, it's, to me, it's not going to grab their attention. It's, it's heavy. So I wanted to use this, the school setting and um, just just to, to, to portray just how like lonely and how hard it can be just to you know that because it caused the stigma for me to be able to connect with people because I didn't know how to communicate with people outside of my race after that situation. Sure. I, yeah. you know, I kind of felt as if like, you know, the maybe like in the opposition of like the elephant in the room, and I always you know, felt very like nervous and like my anxiety shoots up. So it's kind of like I don't know what to say. I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to present. You know how I'm feeling or whatever I'm dealing with and even just to even make friends. So that's kind of like my whole overall thing with hip hop littles is like, you know, creating those friendships, even in uncomfortable situations, learning how to um, deviate away from the norm and, you know, change the narrative of, of things when dealing with situations of that nature. Yeah. Well, I think I'm, so sorry that happened to you. And I, I love how you've turned that into this beautiful story um, that, you know, it's really inspiring. And I think it's, it, it's creating, creating the safety that you didn't have for, for kids, um, you know, like the, the, the comfort in themselves and the safety are, are working to create that. Uh, I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. How you yeah. mentioned anxiety. Oh, sorry, you were about to say something. No, 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 you're fine. Um, I just mentioned, I heard you mention anxiety um, and, and what that, that encounter you had at the grocery store, how that impacted your future, I guess, interracial uh, dynamics moving forward. How do you find the strength to, to cope with anxiety and, and, and face your fears? And what do you want? kids to know about that um so like i have a i have a quote that i that i kind of like use to to motivate um kids is and it's in this it could be a little metaphorical but um the quote that i use is my story only gets better because i know the author and with that, I love for kids to understand, like, you are in control, you know, of your own life, you know, your emotions, and, you know, your, 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 your love and your progression. So no one can really ever tell you um, where you're going to go or how far you can go or who you even want to be. And you are, you know, you're the author, you're the person who controls where your your testimony, where your life goes. Um, 
you because you'll you'll have people you know of course forever telling you that you're not good enough or or they'll question anything that you may inspire on doing it's like why would you want to do that that doesn't make sense well we have this person that's doing that already so what makes you different what makes you better and um me using that quote it, it helps them it, i want them to understand that it helps them understand that there's always going to be someone better than you that's no question even if you look at life like kids look at disney like you know and they watch their movies they they collaborate with other companies because of you know certain situations it's people that's you know that someone that can run faster than you or someone that can color better than you but you know if you if you inspire to be a painter or anything in that nature like your coloring can be very abstract you can be way more successful than the person that's you know who's colored inside of the lines and everything in that nature so um you control the outcome is basically the overall understanding of what that is i love that quote so much i have never heard i've never heard that concept kind of expressed in this way and i think it's so beautiful um and I, I don't know, there's just something about that quote that is, is incredible. And it, I think it like, because it's not as direct, you know, like it, it's not as obvious it is, but it, it, I think encourages people to kind of think past what we may have heard about loving yourself or anything like that. And really just, you know, seeing the importance of knowing, of knowing yourself and, and knowing that you're in charge. I just love it so much. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I want them to always understand because it took a while for me to kind of grasp that concept of of knowing that I can control the outcome because, you know, obviously I've been in a lot of situations where it, it led me to to believe differently, you know? And at the point where I started to understand is the point where I started to create. When did you first get exposed to to poetry was it through music or because or, i know you're a big fan of poetry yeah um it was through music like so even you know it, it may be kind of crazy because growing up oh i have so many stories for days but <laughs> growing up um i always drew like i was always an artist i love drawing i love sketching coloring that was my thing um and it runs to my family so my dad and my old one of my older sisters um, they they're painters and they you know they're really great at what they do. Um, um, so yeah, so they're really great at what they do, and so I didn't ever think like like music would though at the time I didn't think that music would even be something that I would even really be involved in. But growing up, my friends in the neighborhood they used to always like rap songs. And I never knew the words because I wasn't, you know, <laughs> I wasn't into it as much. And that's what made me different was mm -hmm. me being an artist and not really being into music or basketball. Because that's what they did and I didn't. Mm. Um, so going to like seventh grade, eighth grade is when I kind of got introduced to like, like writing songs. And I'm, you know, I'm, me, I'm very observant. So I'm always listening. I'm listening and I'm always watching. So um learning my, learning who I like, what artists I like, what their, you know, what their music projects 
and I'm just taking it all in. So I started writing songs in about seventh grade, not knowing an ounce of what poetry is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So I'm just writing and writing and writing. And once I reached high school, um, my freshman teacher, my English teacher, we had a um, we had a we had a poetry lesson. And that's when I kind of learned how to, the, like, the poetry schemes. So now I'm understanding why this word rhymes with this word and why this word is this word. So yeah. um, that, that just transcended, that just, you know, transitioned everything for me to, to grow. And I just fell in love with it at that point. So everything was just music from, from high school, performing talent shows, which is where Known as Nerve came from. Um, performing in talent shows and just, you know, trying to take it as far as I can. Um, I've been, you know, drawn into a lot of things when it came to the um, entertainment industry. And so music, um, modeling, art is always kind of been my thing. So um, music, yeah, like I, it just, when I, when I was young, I just really wanted to be an artist. So the things that I write, um, in my books, I really write them in songs before I turn them into a book. Like I can't, I can't just write a book, you know, mm. and, and that's just me being, you know, blankly honest with the audience. I'm, I'm not, I, I get it. Like I know the components of writing the story, but just trying to write a book in its aspect is way harder for me. And I'll have to write a song. And then once I write a song, I can write the story and then, you know, go through the whole editing process and everything of that nature. But, yeah, so that's kind of like my process of (laughs) writing these books. I love that. I mean, I feel like everyone's got their process. And and I feel like for anyone listening or anyone that you talk to, for anyone to think I can only write a book if... I'm, I have the, the ability to sit down and write it out like that. And if I can't do that, then I'm not ever going to put a book out or be able to be an author. I think that's really important to be able to hear, <clears throat> excuse me, different processes and different stories of how people create. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, leave it to me. Don't ask me to sit down and just write a book. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. So. I think, yeah. yeah, I think it's really hard. I think, I mean, a lot of people speak into, you know, they like record themselves and they transcribe it. There's a, there's a bunch of different ways. So I think kind of goes back to that, to your, your quote of what, what makes us different is what makes us the same. Um, we can all be creative in different ways and uh, leaning into what you do well, I think is so important. Um Tell me a little bit about Nona's nerves, please. You just you just uh, mentioned that, and uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the inspiration behind that. Oh yeah, so Nona's nerve. Wow, Nona's nerve. Mm-hmm. Honestly, just to you know, just to give a a quick, impactful uh, quote was: I was scared as shit <laughs> <laughs> in high school. I really was. Like I was so nervous because. Man, um, I, I was always the the quiet kid. Like I'll sit back and I'll just, you know, I'm very self absorbed, so I stay to myself. And when I got to high school, I'm in this completely different world. And you know, it was a world of 
being able to go outside for lunch, you know, go to a restaurant. It was like, whoa, like, yeah. you know, this is a lot of, yeah, a lot of freedom, a lot of independence. So um, as I you know, I was still writing music and I wanted to showcase that talent some way, somehow, like, how do I grab attention in the student body? And um, I met um, this one kid and he was very um, self-absorbed as well, stayed to himself come to find out he's into music as well so we kind of you know collaborate on a lot of music and our first our first talent show you know they they're presenting like you know we're doing a talent show you know in a couple weeks you know sign up this this and this so i'm like okay let's do it so we sign up we're writing music we're writing music we're we're so just like energetic we're so excited we're like we're gonna you know we're gonna win we're you know we're just so like confident and what's about to happen not knowing what's about to happen so uh wow so yeah so no talent show comes the day of i'm i'm hyped i'm 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 ready i'm ready to go i'm i'm full of all kind of emotions and the minute they call us to come out he probably was so upset with me (laughs) like because the minute they call us to come out I'm 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 scared. Now all of my emotions has changed. Um and I literally like stood stood on stage and I seen how many kids were in the crowd and it was just, Oh yeah. It was just not like the, <laughs> the the it was not the setting for I'm like whoa, okay. So, you know, it took a while, you know, he had to, you know, come talk to me the 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 principal had to talk to me like you know it's okay these are your classmates you know no one's going to judge you no one's going to you know laugh or make fun of you no one's going to boo you know this is us you know we're friends we're all friends here so that helped um i got on stage i performed even though i was i was horrified of what the outcome could be and it, it was a great turnout, actually. And I actually did talent shows from then on from that school. But that's kind of like where knowing this nerve came from for me and, you know, having my anxiety shoot through the roof. And yeah, <laughs> that sounds horrible. I'm so glad that you were able to that you had people supporting you in that moment to get you through it and, um, you know, get yourself out there. Because I think a lot a lot of times the story ends with running away <laughs> and not coming yeah. back it does and and honestly um i've never i've never been able to judge someone who who says you know who who are afraid to do something simply because i mean it's it's natural it's normal to be afraid at of things you know mm-hmm. and it's it's normal to have doubt you know but your own mentality can stop you from being who you really are um, so yeah you know so you know that's that's something i always tell people as well it's like don't allow you know your mind to consume you you know because once you do like the mind controls so much of you as a person mm-hmm. that you know once you get into that process of overthinking you'll think yourself out of mm-hmm. being stuck. so i feel you yes and it's so i mean to have someone telling kids that is so important because I don't 
if I was told that, I don't remember being told that <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't hear it, but, uh, I think, I think knowing that there is, there's more to reality than the, the voice in our head. Um, yeah. it's, it's so important. Um, well, how can people find you? Um, we'll put everything in the show notes, but where, where can people get your books and how can people connect with you? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook at Hip Hop Littles. Visit the website, hiphoplittles.com. Or um, if you want to purchase the books, Known as Nerve will be available um, on Amazon and all of its you know, third-party sellers um, December 11th. But you can get it now if you want at bookbaby.com. Just type in Known as Nerve or Modelo Brown. And I will be excited to hear from you guys. So please leave reviews because I'm I'm always looking to see, you know, what what my readers, you know, how they feel about the 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 the, the material that I'm putting out. So um and I and I take it into consideration as well for each and every book. So um please just you know reach out to us. Um, and we love to work with the community as well. So I'll, I'll bring my staff out and we, you know, we collaborate with a lot of different nonprofit organizations and things like that as well. So, yeah, just follow us, reach out and we'd love to hear from you. Amazing. Medela Brown, thank you so much for your time, for the work you're doing, for creating, you know, taking your own experiences and, and creating such such beauty with them. Um, I'm I'm just really grateful to have had the chance to talk to you today. Likewise, um, I was I was very excited to to meet with you and to to get on the show. So I, I hope I was able to deliver. <laughs> oh, you did great. You did great. It was wonderful. OK, well, thank you. I appreciate you having me for sure. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Conscious Anti-Racism. Please be sure to follow or like us wherever you find your podcasts, and also consider leaving a rating or review. You can follow Conscious Anti-Racism on Instagram and Twitter at Jill Wiener, MD, J-I-L-L-W-E-N-E-R-M-D, and please check out our Conscious Anti-Racism book on Amazon.